You're listening to The Love Yeg Show. If our city could talk, these are the stories it would tell about the people, places, and passion in Edmonton. We interview difference makers in our community. Please welcome your hosts, Sherry Beauchamp and Jesse McCracken. Our next guest is an incredibly brilliant food scientist, super interesting life and um, journey to where she is today. She also has, uh, as we found out, a really cool um, business of her own, a couple of businesses of her own that that, um, she is operating and in charge of and doing incredible things around nutrition in this world. And so her passion is to teach kids about the importance of food sustainability and so we hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Love Yag Show. My name is Sherry Beauchamp, and I'm here with Jesse McCracken. Hello, everybody. And we have an incredible guest for you this episode, uh, Karima Battelle from Sustainable Food Edmonton. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, so you are involved in uh sustainable foods edmonton it's a nonprofit here in the city can you kind of tell us what what that all entails what do you guys do yeah um so we're a nonprofit charitable organization uh we're based in edmonton we serve the edmonton area and what we really do is initiate and support projects and programs that encourage the building of community through urban agriculture um so we have a few different programs that essentially are connecting kids and the community to their food, how it's produced, and of course, the planet and what makes it all possible. Um, So that's kind of our main mandate. Amazing. Do you find that people are taking so much more of an interest in this over the last couple of years? Or has it been kind of more of something where we are bringing to them and saying, we need to start paying attention to this? Yeah, uh, good question. You know, I've been with Sustainable Food Edmonton since 2019. And I can say that we are consistently, uh, I guess, getting attention from people in terms of what we do and how we do it. Um, Our focus with our programs are around community gardens in Edmonton. Um, So supporting those working with the city of Edmonton to fund those community gardens. And we have two different school programs around growing food. Um, And so I don't think it's ever really slowed down for us. Um, it's always been pretty consistent interest from people around just like what we do and, and growing food in general. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's just so important right now. Like you were saying um, before we started recording, it's just there's the shortage, the supply chain, and also just the cost of everything. And mm-hmm. so um, so if somebody was like looking to just like start a little garden, where would they start just to start building their interest and in growing their skills from there? Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, um, there are tons of resources, I would say, on our website, but also within different like Facebook communities in Edmonton around gardening and home gardening and balcony gardening, all of it. Um, But I think one thing that I would say to people is join a community garden because it helps you gain the skills that, you know, if you're new to it, maybe you don't have but it also helps you build community around growing food and it gets you excited about it. 
the harvest is so much bigger, of course, because community gardens are also bigger. And it's just a great way to get involved in growing your own food and connecting to, to the land and where your food comes from. And there are lots of community gardens in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How did you get involved in this and what was your interest in food specifically? Well, I got involved with Sustainable Food Edmonton in 2019 um, because I had followed the organization for a really long time. It's been around since 1989, but I can say for sure that I've followed what the organization has done probably since 2007, 2008. Um, I'm a food scientist by trade, and I did my undergraduate and master's degree at the U of A. And I became very passionate about sustainable food uh, early on in my degree because the idea of sustainable food and sustainable agriculture was kind of omitted from my education. Um, I didn't have a chance to learn too much about it. And when I graduated, I wanted to work in this space and I wanted to like lend my expertise to advancing this um, in our community and just in Canada in general. And so um, I sought out an opportunity to, you know, stay connected and work with Sustainable Food Edmonton. And it worked out in 2019. And I've kind of been there ever since. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. It, it says um, you guys are involved in 98 community gardens, 50 elementary schools and eight high schools. I think it's such a, a such an amazing experience for kids to see something grow from you know first of all understand where their food comes from but also Mm -hmm. like see something grow from a seed into something that they can fully harvest and and you know all the nutritional benefits of of that food goes along with that too um can you speak about like the impact that that's been having on our communities yeah um those numbers uh might be a couple years old and i think we have more now in terms of the number of uh, high schools, community gardens, and um, like elementary schools that we're involved in. But I would say generally, like the biggest impact for kids is the fact that they're learning a skill for life. Um, there's also appreciation that comes from the, the patience, the, the nurturing, the caring that it takes to grow food, uh, in especially indoors um, in, in Alberta. And so those types of skills are essential skills for kids for the future, which is why, I mean, I, I can't speak for the initiation initiation of the organization, um, but from what I know from our board of directors and our team, that is a big motivating factor for why we exist and run these programs, because we really want to build skills for the future. We want kids to see what it means to grow food sustainably, because they're the ones who are going to be making the decisions around our food system in the future. So when they are aware and connected to their food and to the land, um, that is going to be very impactful uh, in terms of our sustainable food system uh, in the future, particularly in Canada. And I just think for kids to see the amount of energy and the time that it takes for something to grow from seed Mm. to the moment that you can eat it, there's so much more appreciation and maybe less thought of throwing something out or, you know, taking, I mean, asparagus, I tried to grow asparagus once. And after like two years, it was like one single asparagus. Like, how long do I have to wait for this? Yeah, you have to wait years. I will never throw out an asparagus again, you know? So it it really does make you think about those things when you're seeing how long it takes for it to come to. Yeah, yeah, that hard work. And uh, I think that's an important part of culture too. Like we have uh, 
we might take things for granted when it comes to food because we have a culture where food comes very easily. We go to the grocery store, it's mm. plentiful, there's things from all over the world. And we get that's how we got disconnected from our food system. Um, but with kids, they're at a very impressionable age where if you change their culture around food, that's going to change the trajectory of their food system in the future. Uh, and, and so that, you know, enculturation in a different perspective around food um, is, is something that I think we hope to aspire to. Mm -hmm. I remember somebody saying to me in Nanaimo, you know, if we would just eat what was in um, season. You know, yeah. and be okay with eating whatever is in season. And then you would think about the like least amount of waste that we would have and just all the packaging and everything. But we just want to try, like, we just have too many options, you know, mm, and that's mm -hmm. become more of a problem than it is. Uh, yeah. than something that's really great because we just want something that's should never be here. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. yeah. So Karima, you have um, other interests, obviously in your, in your life around food, you, you mentioned your, um, masters and your studies at the U of A. Do, do you also have, what's Neo juicery? Is that like something that you, is that still going? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, part of kind of my story around sustainable food is, uh, when I graduated university, I, really wanted to work in the sustainable food industry. And um, I started my career actually at the organic box. That was my first job, which is the, you know, the only at the time kind of organic hub for, um, for organic food that's grown in Alberta uh, that draws, you know, in producers and consumers around sustainable organic agriculture. And um, I kind of got, you know, most of my schooling in this industry from, from that job. And then after that, it kind of set the trajectory for me around what I want to contribute with my skills as a food scientist to this food system. Part of it is me working with Sustainable Food Edmonton. But the other part is that I wanted to create a business for myself where I'm making a food and I'm showing the world what a sustainable food business model could look like. Uh, and that's where Neo Juicery came from. So um, at Neo, we manufacture cold-pressed juices, plant-based beverages that are made only with organic ingredients with a circular uh, sustainable model for packaging. So it's all packaged in glass. We reuse it. We give people credit for it. So we have kind of a circular system going um, with our packaging and we do, we have a storefront. We're open seven days a week and we also do deliveries uh, in Edmonton and surrounding areas directly to people's homes, businesses, offices, uh, three days a week. So that's kind of my, my food system baby. If you want to put that. it that way. <laughs> uh, I love that. I'm a big juicer. So there's always I celery juice every single morning before I have. Oh, coffee. yes. And yeah. then there's always some people who are like, oh, you might as well just eat the whole celery. I'm like, I don't think so. It genuinely no. makes me feel like so much better. And I don't have that. I have my coffee later, you know, 11 a.m. or something when I feel like I need it. But yeah. I, I love juicing and I've been doing it for years. And um, I'm going to have to look into your program. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Uh, we have a lot of people on celery juice. Um, and it, you know, it kind of started as a weird trend. Some people call it a fad diet or whatever. Uh, but when you really look into it, like I'm passionate about the connection between like the chemistry and the biochemistry of, of food and what it does in your body from a nutritional perspective. So I try to be 
like very objective when I'm looking at trends around food and like what actually matters, what's just noise that people probably shouldn't pay attention to. And with celery, the nutritional benefits of straight celery juice is unbelievable. Like it has so many micronutrients and minerals that you just can't get from eating a stalk of celery. Like it's just not enough, but also very hard to find in other foods. Um, And so that's one of the food trends that I think will stay around for a long time because people see the benefits and everybody sees something different, which is also Mm -hmm. very interesting about in terms of like it being a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My skin was actually one of the very first things that I noticed mm-hmm. like within like a week of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I see. There you go. Some people <laughs> tell me that I'm just drinking it for nothing, but I'm going to take your. No, keep on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And That's then as awesome. far as like consulting and stuff. <laughs> so what are you, like I said, for the restaurant industry, it's obviously taken such a huge hit over the last couple of years with just food costs and, and with the pandemic going in and out of business. So um, what does that look like? And what is some advice that you would give to, you know, some people that are like starting in the, you know, um, maybe it's like if they're starting up a little restaurant or they're expanding or whatever the case may be, but that's the industry they're looking to get into. Yeah. Um, I would really say it, it kind of depends on their commitments and what they're looking to offer their customers. So there are several examples in Edmonton of uh, food establishments that have been able to weave in the concept of sustainable local food purchasing within their menu and their operations. And if people need help doing that, there are many resources that they can turn to. But it is a very important idea um, to, to kind of get behind in the food industry. And I can understand that, you know, margins are tight, uh, food prices are high. So supporting local sometimes seems like it's too expensive. But if you connect directly with the farmer and you set up an arrangement where you can maybe get a price break on some things that are imperfect, which I think goes back to like educating the consumer as well, that imperfection is part of living within a local sustainable food system. Um, I think if you kind of, you know, dot all those I's and cross the T's, you should be able to integrate at least some um, sustainable local food within your menu uh, when, when we're talking about like a, you know, a food service business mm-hmm. and support, like there's so much value in supporting local farmers. I can guarantee you that if you can connect directly with local farmers, arrangements can be made that would make sense for your menu and your costing um, and also overall, just for your customers, because I think customers are really into uh, supporting local and they look for that now. Uh, mm-hmm. So it gives your business an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. When you talk about um, obviously nutrition and and food science, I'm always interested in you mentioned like fad things that come and go um, and, and all the different types of diets and styles of diets. Do you think that it depends on, on the person or is there sort of like based on where you live, all the local food, like how would you, um, how would you, how do you look at those kind of things as far as like, what's the best as far you talked about the biochemistry, what it does to your body, uh, based on, on what you're eating the, in your food intake. Right. And so how, if you're looking to like optimize that or, you know, we're talking about energy and being able to um, get the nutrition that you need on a daily basis, but also like that next level, if you're looking for like being your best self or like showing up in a way that you, you know, that you have energy and it's, you know, your food can help fuel that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what's sort of your, your thoughts around, you know, types and styles of diets and, and how that all works? Um, I have a couple thoughts around that. So I think the emergence of diet, uh, diets and trends around food, it kind of stems from personal experience, kind of bubbling up into maybe anecdotal evidence, a few people have experienced things that um, from trying like different remedies and different food choices. And then it gets a little bit bigger where people think, well, if this works for me, and it worked for a few other people, then maybe it's a diet that other people can use to solve these problems. Um, And that's kind of how diets and, you know, some people call them fads, but that's how trends kind of emerge in the food industry. And I don't want to discount that because I think people's experiences around food are very important. People are different. Their bodies are different. How they have been conditioned biochemically to accept or not accept food That is all like so complicated for people. So when it comes to, you know, trying to find the best way to nourish your body, my recommendation is sure do research. Don't get sucked into all of the different diets because it may not work for you and experiment in a way that allows you to like intuitively connect with your body and see how it's being impacted by food. Because your body will tell you if something isn't agreeing with you, you're going to see changes in your bowel movement, you're going to see changes in your skin, in your energy level, maybe indigestion like heartburn or like stomach aches, your body gives you all the signals. So it's a matter of like trying to test out what works for you and being open minded, because sometimes things that you're like, oh, that sounds ridiculous, might actually be a healing journey for you. And it might be something that works really well. Um, So that would be my recommendation around trying to find the optimal balance with food and how it affects your body. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important because I mean, in the entrepreneurial space, like they're always like, like this supplement and that thing, and this is, you Mm -hmm. know, reduce brain fog and like keto this or like vegan that or whatever the thing is. And it all has to do with what you put in your body, right. And the way that your body bios, the biochemistry of, uh, your body is impacted by that. And so I think there's not like a one size fits all. It's like, you got to figure it out on like maybe with professional help or someone who can guide you a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's an interesting conversation because, you know, there's all these things that like, this is the answer and this is the thing. And, but it's like, not, for everybody. You Not know? for everybody. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. I think just the foundational understanding that people's bodies are different. Their biochemistries are different. Mm-hmm. Where your food comes from also plays an impact. So like that's also different for people. So uh, particularly, like I would say for immigrants, for example, you'll notice that depending on which country they come from, there is a significant amount of data out there around how they develop food allergies and sensitivities when they come to a different country even at an older age, like past 25 or past 30. And so like, what's the explanation for that? Well, they've transitioned from one food system to another. So it's very possible that the chemistry is not there between what they're eating and how their body's responding to it. So it all comes down to, you know, the the chemistry of food and how your body understands it, processes it and nourishes your cells with it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you have to literally listen to your gut, you know, <laughs> it's like totally everything. that there's something about that. That is so yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Cause if you really do just slow down. And I mean, I think as far as like, like on the run, that's a big problem too, right. Is we're always just on the run eating and grabbing mm-hmm. things. And so we're not even stopping and paying attention to our body because we're eating as we're going. And so like the, the moments of sitting down at the table with like mm-hmm. no distractions and just eating and paying attention, um, yep. those days are so gone. And ultimately if you do that, you're going to eat less of the thing that's going to make your stomach hurt, <laughs> right. All yep. of the- things, but we just are doing everything at such a intense pace. For sure. Yep. That doesn't help with the intuitive eating part. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and food is medicine too, right? Like yes, for a lot of people, it's, it, it can be a huge thing for them. It makes such a difference. Allergy, why all the things that you're talking about, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I find it so hard to eat. Um, you know, I was, I had gone on a trip and I was, so I was on a cleanse before I had gone and to eat out and um, just socialize when you're trying to eat healthy and put only good things in your body. It is so hard to be out in the, you know, just be social in general. Mm-hmm. So what would be some tips that you can give people just to be able to go out and, and still enjoy? Because I think food is meant to be enjoyed, but also, uh, yeah, how to be pulled back you know? Yeah. I would say like, look at it holistically and set some boundaries around like what you are permitting for yourself and what you're not permitting. And what I mean by looking at it holistically is like, if you, if I'm going out today, for example, and I know I'm going to a restaurant with a bunch of friends and maybe I want to have, you know, I don't know, I don't drink, but maybe that person wants to have a martini or something. And you consider that to be something that's maybe not as good for your body. Maybe you want to have a burger. And if you consider that not as good for your body, then plan ahead and maybe eat things that are good for you that like fit your agenda the day before earlier in the day. So that when you do make some choices that are maybe not as perfect or like don't align with your agenda, then you don't have to feel as bad about it. And it doesn't impact your system as much. Uh, particularly if you have like sensitivities or allergies, and that's kind of where you're leaning towards um, in your outing. And then restaurants nowadays, like I feel like they have so many more options than they ever did before around clean eating, gluten-free, maybe some plant-based options, uh, even drinks. Like if you don't drink and you don't want to consume alcohol, there are probably ways to make it alcohol-free. So setting those boundaries and kind of looking at your food practices from a holistic view is how I would approach it. And that's kind of how I approach it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think we see foods as entertainment sometimes, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. a very social thing and you go and share things and you, and it's an experience, you know, in, in lots of ways too. So I think it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. So about you, are you from Edmonton here? Well, I've been in Edmonton since 2007. Um, I was originally born in BC in Vancouver. My family is from a small town called Terrace. Uh, and I moved to Jerusalem where my dad is from when I was seven. And I stayed there until I was 19. So I would say like people, when they ask me where I'm from, I'm like, I'm kind of a mix, but I really identify with being from Jerusalem more so because I spent the most impressionable years of my life in Jerusalem. And so that's kind of, where I'm from. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And the food experience there as far as, yes. so what is the sustainability like 
there is lots of good. Yeah. 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 Um, Very different, I would say. And I think that's maybe when I trace back the roots of my interest in food and agriculture and sustainability of food systems, it kind of comes from there because uh, we're Palestinian and Palestinians historically are farmers. So they, I mean, it's the Mediterranean, so they can grow all the things there um, and eat from the land. And so the environment that I grew up in for those years was we bought our food directly from the farmers who predominantly are women that were farming and selling the food from the local market. Same with meat, same with dairy, same with all of it. Um, It came directly from the person who made it. We never went to a grocery store. Like we didn't have that. We would buy directly from the market. Um, Aside from things that were imported, like maybe rice and beans and things like that. But Um, that was the environment that I grew up in. And so that certainly has influenced my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's just the amount, the food, how differently it all tastes when it comes straight from, you know, not spending Mm -hmm. all the time on the truck. Like it's all of it. It just tastes so much better um, when it comes from the source. Yeah. And we ate in season, which, I mean, it's a lot easier to do there because the weather is, perfect for growing all year round almost. Um, But there was a seasonality to what we ate and we looked forward every season to what was grown and, you know, what was harvested and what we would eat that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. Like I said, we've just gotten so disconnected. So I really love what you guys are doing in the city and like I said, getting the youth like involved and as far as more, more so for I mean, it's very much about just the consumerism and the amount of waste that goes into it. So for them just to see the energy for me, like that is just such a big part, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I I do. And again, there's just not, so many people don't even know where to begin. So being a part of a community garden and learning from people who have the skills, who are so willing to share, right? Yes. That they, that's their passion. They love it. They can't wait for people to ask them questions and show them how to do, um, you know, to grow their own food. So I really love what you guys are doing there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think it's cool how it's full circle, right? You mentioned your impressionable mm-hmm. years as, mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. uh, and now you're impressioning uh, the youth in the city here about, you know, the importance of all, all the, the great things that you guys are doing. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you, you've obviously invested lots in nutrition and, um, food science and this whole, you know, impact on human ecology, what, what's your sort of goal or where do you see your career going, um, in the long run? How, how do you know your six, your career will be successful in this industry, um, in the long run? What would that look like for you? Um, well, uh, I'm the type of person that doesn't necessarily plan long term uh, like that. So I can't say that I've thought about that. But I really look at things um, maybe on a day to day or a short term basis. And as long as I'm making an impact in some way, uh, having conversations like this, like sometimes I don't say it out loud. But then when I do say it out loud in terms of like how far I've come in my journey, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a success so far. So Um, I'm really looking like my purpose and where my passion is, is to make impact on people. And as long as I'm doing that, my career has definitely been a success. And I'm, of course, sharing the knowledge that I've learned and the passions that I have, all of that to me measures success. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you're teaching a lot of people just the value of food and um, yeah, just how, just the amount of, I think just coming together in community too with the community gardens, you know, just bringing people together. It just, that alone is such a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If uh, people want more information, they can go to the website. Yes. uh, Sustainablefoodedmonton.org. We have a lot of information on there. We're also like on all social media channels. So if people have any questions or want to get connected, um, they can reach out to us uh, through that. I manage all of our social media accounts, so they would probably reach me right away um, and I can connect them to anybody on our team who needs to answer their question. But we're, we're always happy to connect with people in Edmonton. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you. If you were inspired by our show, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen and share with friends. You can always find show notes at loveyegshow.ca. Keep listening.